0: Welcome to The Crucible. This is episode 3. I'm your host, Tiny Grimes, and as always, I'm joined by the Rebel Spy, Mike. How's it going, Mike?
1: What's up? It's going awesome. How about you?
0: Not bad, not bad. I'm just excited that we got to play four games in person yesterday. Yep. I printed up a bunch of decks. I've got this this place next to me. They've never asked me any questions about what they're printing <laughs> I'm terrified that one time they're going to be like, these look like they're copyrighted images. I'm going to be like, what? No, no, I drew all this artwork myself. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, man. But it was a good time. How did you feel about the games?
1: I loved it, man. I just want to get my hands on a deck. (laughs) On my deck. You know what I mean? Like, I want my own. I I want that that sense of ownership.
0: What what was fun about it is I printed up four decks that I didn't know anything about. And Mm -hmm. so it made it really... Fun and interesting. On TTS when we just had the five decks, I always knew everything in my opponent's deck even though I wasn't supposed to. But in this game, you made lots of plays where I was like, that's a card? Oh, that card <laughs> wrecked me. I didn't even know it existed. That was yeah. really fun.
1: Yeah, and it was. I mean, it was the same both ways. Like There were just things that I you don't even know that you have to play around because you don't know they exist. And that that's exciting.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the question I asked you last time. All the right. Hype meter. Is it still going up or is it kind of finally plateaued or where are we at?
1: Um, Playing in person, man, my hype meter is like, like (laughs) up here. (laughs) It was so fun to actually like like have cards in front of me and play the game like across from another human being. I mean, I like I've always enjoyed playing in person more than on the Internet. Um, So it just kind of reinforced how fun the game is um, and how much more fun it is in person than on the Internet.
0: Feel the exact same way. My my hype had definitely plateaued, which is not a bad thing. It's still way high, but it was just kind of mm-hmm. like okay, playing the same decks on TTS. No one really knows how to play bait and switch, so I just I can't even really play the card. <laughs> otherwise, it's pointless. Um, and then we played in person with decks we hadn't played before, and like you said, in person is a million times more fun. And and then my hype meter was like wrong. Brr, we're, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're still climbing. I was like, really? I so can the climb movement. higher. This is crazy town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I do want to talk about um, a trap card that I think we learned about in our four games, which is – can you guess the trap card, Mike?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- this, this card has been a trap for many people. Uh, Jay included when I played some games against him online. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it is the uh, Pit Lord.
0: It is, but how could it be bad? <laughs> It has two amber you get when he comes into play. He's nine power. I was able to play two on the same turn, so I got four amber. Two giant creatures immediately lost the game.
1: Yeah, it's just so easy to lock yourself out of it because you can only play discs. Eventually, you're not going to have any disc cards in your hand, and you're going to have to try and you know get rid of your pit lord somehow. <laughs> Um, And if your opponent either doesn't have any creatures on the board for you to fight, or just refuses to let you fight with it uh, using other things, then it it's just you know it's it's a problem. Like when when I played against Jay, I had two Hunting Witches no two Witch of the Eyes out, which let you grab a card from your discard Mm -hmm. pile, and in my discard pile I had Fog, Um, and then I had like another card that yeah another card that gained a bunch (laughs) of Amber. So I basically just like like he he got himself stuck in. And this is because he played that card, yeah. where all I had to do was call untamed and grab those two cards out of my discard pile. He couldn't attack, so he couldn't get rid of his pit lord. <laughs> and then I played the amber card, and it was just like, that was it. He couldn't win. <laughs> so, so basically so. you're saying
0: every turn he just had to smile and pass? Yep. <laughs> oh, wow, that's the worst. I, yeah. I was in a better spot than that. I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, you had a giant board, so I knew I'd be able to fight every turn. The downside of the Pit Lord is his nine strength. If it was only three or four, you could play him. Yes, you'd be locked in. But if you're smart, if they have a big board, the next turn you trade him off. But there's just nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is go like Pit Lord plus another guy, immediately hand of it. That's like the only way to play Pit Lord. Um, I said before, like someone said, who thinks Pit Lord is good on Facebook? And I was like, I think that card is terrible. But I wanted to play it, Mike. Like, I got two in my hand. I was like, you know what? Let's if there it. ever yep. was a moment to play a Pit Lord, it's now. Let's see how bad it is. It's bad. It's bad. That card is garbage.
1: Yeah, I, I think that if you do play it, um, which, I mean, you're, you're going to want to play it sometimes, right? Uh, but I think that you have to either have, like, key to disc out or, um, like, hand of disc in your hand with another dude where you can kill it yourself. Like, you have to have a way in dis to be able to kill it yourself, basically. Like, in hand before you play it, just so that you have an eject button to be able to, to get yourself out of that situation. Otherwise, you, you are kind of you know, hamstringing yourself, which is uh, never fun.
0: I, I just thought of some other scenarios where you would want to play him. Like, what if you had two uh, baubles? So now you're getting to play mm. two other guys every turn. Maybe mm-hmm. you have another omni effect. The problem with that is that looks enticing, but if your opponent is really smart what they're going to do is just kill just all kill the other death things. <laughs> and then you're still stuck. Like, yeah. a 9 power dude that can fight once a turn or reap once a turn is not good. Getting one Amber per turn is not going to win you a game of Keyforge.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I told you, or I, I talked about this with you a little bit yesterday, but it feels like when you play that card, you're putting your opponent in the driver's seat. And yeah. they have all the control... Uh, over the game at that point, where they can kind of decide how they want your turns to play out, and whether or not they're going to allow you to kill, like like to attack with your you know pit lord against your uh, your like your opponent's stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a very dangerous card to play.
0: I have I have a feeling that you had bigger creatures in your hand, and you're like, no, thank you.
1: I yeah. will choose not <laughs> to play these giants. There's creatures. no reason to. Yeah, You exactly. can hit my
0: two. Five times if you want. If the game lasts that long, go for it.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. You give up complete control over the game, and at that point you're just hoping things go your way or that your opponent is a total lunatic and lets you do things. But yeah. yeah. unfortunately, Mike, you're not a lunatic. Well, you are a lunatic, but not in that way. All right. Um, I want to talk about, especially since FFG is about to do a stream where they're going to clarify some things, we hope. Uh, mm-hmm. MFG, uh, sorry, Richard Garfield did a really cool AMA and he said something really interesting where he talked about he what he thinks is going to happen is not that um, decks are going to get chains, right? So it's not going to be like, I can save my worlds winning deck for worlds. It's completely free of chains, but that's going to be cards or maybe combinations of cards, right? Like a bait and switch is one chain, but if you have a bait and switch and the Logos card that locks you out of actions, now it's two chains or something. Do you like that approach more, or do you think it should be more based on decks?
1: No, I, I actually, I like that way more. Um, it's kind of a way for them to, like, balance cards individually, like, uh, without having to errata anything. So um, they're doing something similar with, like, the X-Wing app, where um, they can just go in and kind of change point costs on the fly between, like, you know, like events if... Uh, if, you know, this pilot is crazy good and Darth everybody's Vader. playing with it. His name's Darth yeah, yeah, Vader. Okay, so, so, so Darth Vader's too good somehow. Darth Vader should be too good. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Darth Vader's, you know, winning literally everything. They can be like, all right, we're, we're adjusting Vader so that his point cost is, like, you know, three points higher or whatever. Um, so they can do that with the app in Keyforge, which is awesome. And they can take sort of a snapshot of... of like what people are winning with, like what decks people are winning with and the cards in those decks and hopefully have enough data to where they can um, come up with some kind of like like stats on like win rates of particular cards and particular combinations of the cards that they can then use to add chains to your deck if it contains those cards. Um, yeah. And may- maybe there's cards that are like really bad and it's like, <gasps> you know, you have this card... <laughs> which is really good, and then you have this card, which is just awful, and so it kind of negates each other and, like, you don't get as many chains as you would otherwise. That would be fun so I, I, think I like that. Yeah, they're, they're, there's so much potential there for them to, to be able to try and balance the game um, sort of, like, at any time um, based on the information that they're gathering um, without sacrificing... Um, like the text on the card, which I think is, yeah. is huge. I've always hated like your battles of, of card text because it, it just feels bad for everybody. Like a new player opens their deck, yep. like the cards don't play as they clearly look like they should play. Yeah. That's a problem. Yep. Um, but adding chains is such a simple mechanic, especially if it happens at the beginning of a game. Um, like you don't have to know anything beyond that. Like you, you, just, yeah. you, you, you look in your app, you see how many chains your deck gets and that's it. That's, that's all you have to remember in your head
0: yeah I, I like that a lot as well I, I I said before that that's how I hoped they would do it because I think you could be too sneaky the other way. Right. Um, my one concern was that you know the new, two new players get their decks, they open them, and the one guy goes, "What? What do you mean I have three chains? What's a chain? Like that could be frustrating. <laughs> but on the sure. other hand, what would be more frustrating is if one person opened a broken deck, the other person didn't. And they want them for 14 straight games, and then they both quit the game because the game's unbalanced and dumb. Right. So I, I think that actually works really well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it makes a ton of sense. And be, like, if, if people are worried about that, like, they can always just not play with the chains. Exactly. If, you you if don't have,
0: have to open the app. So, FFG yeah. probably, I say probably, not going to knock on your door and be like, Excuse me, I see you're not running <laughs> the chains. I don't think there's, like, awful. a spy camera in each box. Uh, I hope there is, kind uh, of. I, me. I mean, I, I wouldn't be so sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, last thing about Richard Garfield. Um, I just want to clarify something. I feel like some people are under the impression that when Richard Garfield speaks, he speaks for this game. And I don't think that's the case. I think he speaks for what he would like to see happen with the game. And I'm sure he has certainly more influence than say you or I, but I think the bottom line is FFG will be making decisions, not just, not just what they think is best for the game, but like what's most doable for them, what they can actually manage. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of what we hear from him is kind of like wishful thinking. Um, I'm curious. What, what do you think about that? Do you think we should take everything he says is going to happen or is it more like a wish list?
1: No, I, I I think you're right. Um, in the in the AMA, he made it pretty clear that I, like, you know, his his opinions were not FFG's opinions necessarily, and that you know, like, this is not necessarily what FFG is going to do. But here's what I had in mind when I designed this thing. Yeah. Um, so I I hope that they you know take his uh, ideas into into account and implement them because they're all great ideas. So it's you know, it would be foolish of them not to. Um, he has a I, I PhD guess... in
0: awesomeness, by the way. So that's pretty exactly. good. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My PhD is just in history. I'm a loser compared <laughs> to him.
1: You, you, you must have done something wrong along the way,
0: man. Definitely. Definitely <laughs> did a lot of things wrong. Mike. That's clear. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's move on from that then. My next question for you is power combos. So So we <laughs> saw... One of these, Library Access, you and I played. I played Library Access, which says every time you you play a card this turn, draw another card. What do you think? 12 cards I played? Maybe put five creatures on the board?
1: Yeah, something like that. It was pretty crazy.
0: (laughs) And the game basically fell over after that. And so my my question for you is this. Are you worried that the competitive decks, obviously not all the casual decks, but most competitive Mm -hmm. decks will have one to two... Totally absurd combos that are game breaking, like the damage everyone, heal everyone, get an amber, eighteen amber, booyah! Like, are we worried that that's going to dominate the game over the incremental plays? What What do you think?
1: Um, so I don't, I don't think we've seen enough decks for me to be worried about it. Um, but in other games where that is sort of the norm, like those games are not fun for me at all. Like, uh. We we were talking about this yesterday. Like we both briefly tried to get into the Pokemon card game. Oh, and like every game is like that where you just kinda of play solitaire and whoever, like, you know, yeah, pulls off their my, combo my first wins.
0: Thing of Pokemon. <laughs> You're like, is it my action now? Okay, hold on. I get mm-hmm. one action, right? Here are my eighteen plays that make up my yeah. one action. <laughs> I've almost won your action. I'm gonna take twenty seven
1: plays and win. Oh, cool. Good game, sir. Yep. There's Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yep, yep, for sure. And then die is to me, like, super boring, not fun, not interactive at all. Um, so I hope that, that you know, Keyforge is not like that and that games don't turn into that being the norm. Um, but I don't think that we've seen enough um, decks out there to, to, you know, decide whether or not that is is a real possibility. Um, there are certain cards that I might be a little bit worried about, like Library Access. I think that that's a pretty easy card to abuse. Seven chains. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. Except... <laughs> the the chains mechanic you know makes it so that maybe it's not you know gonna be a problem maybe if you have library access and you have like you know a few other cards in your deck like yeah you just start the game with five chains and then
0: you know what card is not good if you have a ton of chains library mm. access because you only have like four <laughs> cards in your hand
1: yeah exactly
0: uh, okay so you're not too worried about it I think I'm a little more worried than you I I think I think this is rubbing some people the wrong way actually is I am a min-maxing competitive player normally. I I Mm -hmm. don't think I'm going to be as much in this game because it's kind of the whole point of this game for me. But I can see that mentality. And if there is like a real-world championship and things like that, the decks people are going to be opening 50 decks to try to get are the decks with the broken cards and the broken combos. And unless FFG is very, very rigorous with how many chains and, and that kind of stuff, those will be the decks we'll see at the top levels. I don't think it's an issue for mm. casual play. I think for casual play, it's going to be a one every now and then. But at, at the highest levels of competition, I think we're going to see a lot of those types of decks, mainly because of the consistency. In the last two days, I've played Library Access three times. I had one terrible turn where I only played four cards and then drew you know, up to my six. That was terrible for a library access turn. The one against you was good. It was like 12, and then the other one was like 20. Like, it was so crazy that I emptied my whole deck, cycled back in my deck, and was able to draw the bait and switch again that I had already played and play it again. (laughs) Like, it was so powerful that my opponent was like ready to just quit and walk away because it was so absurd. I'm a little afraid that's going to be... Almost the norm at the highest levels, but like we both said, Chains fixes a lot of that. So, FFG, balls in your core, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, it, it's really, really interesting to me how much of sort of what we like, uh, how we perceive the game going forward has to do with, with organized play and with yeah. the Chains mechanic and with how they um, actually try and balance things.
0: I really feel like there's two so. distinct <clears throat> games going on here. There is the a couple of friends get together, open some packs, and have a blast. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to be the most fun way to play this. I think the least fun way to play this is going to be competition at the highest level, which really pains me because that's the <laughs> kind of person that that's I generally where am. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like this game is going to have the most growing pains at that place. And if FFG mm-hmm. does it perfectly, it'll come off great. But I feel like there's yeah. a lot of room for error there, and I'm a little bit worried. Um, less so for me, like I said, I think I'm just going to be the, like, hey, Mike, let's, let's, let's do something fun. Let's go to the shop. We'll each spend 30 bucks. We'll buy three decks. We'll play a best of five series with our three decks. Like, that's going to be super fun. Um, that's gonna be awesome. But going to, like, a regional tournament with 100 people,
1: like, for me, that's my favorite part of Star
0: Wars Destiny. (laughs) I have a feeling it's going to be my least favorite part of KeyForge.
1: Yeah. I mean, but that, that's okay, because, like, you'll have, you know, Destiny for that anyway. So it's like... You can have both. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just, you know, grab a couple decks, like, he- head out to, like, the bar and just, like, play some games with a friend at a, at a bar. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, that just sounds like a, like a fun time.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm definitely excited for that. Um, all right. Let's move on to my next question of the day, and that is this, Mike. Whew, are you ready for
1: this? I'm ready.
0: Bait and switch, man. People have been going, I don't want to say going crazy about bait and switch, but there have been endless conversations on discord and elsewhere about how this card is broken, like legit broken is a problem for the game and people are worried. Now, obviously you could just stick a couple chains on the deck um, and that's fine, but people are worried beyond that, like that this is a game breaking card. So my question for you is, do you think it is? Do you think it's a game breaking card?
1: I don't know if it's a game breaking card but I think that it like the the okay the thing I like about it least is that it really punishes new players that don't know that it exists number 1 and haven't figured out how to play around it two like yeah. it feels so bad to get like you know like caught with your pants down <laughs> with that card like okay man like it it just feel like it is like a viscerally like bad feeling to have it. Yeah. You know, like you have like twelve amber, your opponent bid and switches you. All of a sudden, like they're getting a key and you're not.
0: And um, they and they had six, made a key, and now they can make
1: another key off your amber. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So, and I, I like to a certain extent, I, I sort of feel a similar way, to 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 a lesser extent uh, about just the steal mechanic in general. Yeah. Um, I think stealing is like very feel bad um, because sort of your your opponent gets to capitalize on your work, um, just like in real life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like it. That's a good point. I was walking down the street and this guy was like, hey, man, I need some amber. I'm going to take your amber. And it turns out it was dollars and I was sad. That's a good point. And then he yeah. bait and switched our wallets. He switched them. Turns out his was empty and mine was full. There you go. <laughs> You put it like that. Yeah, you're right. That's terrible, Mike. (laughs) It's a pretty good analogy. Um, I'm going to agree with a lot of what you said. I think for new players, it is the worst, right? Like, it is the worst feeling ever. I will try my darndest to never play a deck with bait and switch against a new player um, for that very reason. They have no idea how to play around it. Every time, Mm -hmm. every new player gets hit with it once, and it's very sad. The problem I found is that there are a lot of players that get hit by it all the time. And that kind of blows my mind. Um, I have not been hit by it yet. I've played against it several times. I'm very careful when I know I'm playing against the Shadows deck. I, but then again, I don't tend to play decks with that are relying on like hunting Witch into a million Amber or do the damage and then heal and get a million Amber. I, I don't play decks like that generally. But I also think that illustrates the the good side of bait and switch <clears throat> is that it's like a check for those decks, those combo decks we were talking about that would win in a turn, right? If you could get eighteen amber in a turn and there wasn't an answer, that's mm-hmm. the most feel bad thing in the world. You would just be like, This is, this game is dumb and broken. Like you just won in one turn and then just made keys over the next three turns and won. This game is dumb. Bait and switch at least has a check to that and has and has to make you think like, okay, I could get 11 Amber this turn, or I could get 18. Hmm. Maybe I should just go with 11. 11 is a pretty dang good turn, um, and a bait and switch would hurt, but 18 a switch would hurt even more.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I take your point, um, but, I, like, there are cards that already do that, that I think do it in a more fair way. Um, there's the card Effervescent Principle, which, like, um, it it like each player gets rid of half of their amber or something like that. So yeah. like if someone grabs twelve, they get cut down to six. Um, there's another one where it's like uh, like your your opponent loses amber until they have six. Um, so there's other ways already in the game to do something similar that's not quite as as punishing and not as swingy. Where like you know like like as the bait and switch player, like I I just forced a key you just got your amber so you can forge a key and keep up yeah. and now i get to play bait and switch put you off your key and then probably play other cards in shadows to steal the rest of your amber or to you know gain amber in other ways and i have a key, like i have enough to gain a key now and you're you're way behind so it's just super punishing like we we had a game yesterday where um you had I, like i knew you had bait and switch in your hand i think you knew that i had bait and switch in my hand and uh, yep. you had the lash uh, on the board, which is like uh, your opponent's uh, key cost plus three. If I choose
0: dis um, and activate
1: it, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that's so dicey. Yeah, I mean it is like I, but uh, like I knew I had to get to above six amber. Like I, I had to hit nine, otherwise you would do that and you wouldn't let me forge. Right. Um, and when I do that, you get to bait and switch and steal more of my amber, and then. If I'm going to try and respond with bait and switch, like, my bait and switch sucks because yeah. I'm, I'm only getting, like, one. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. There's situations like that where, like, you can kind of trap your opponent into not being able to play around it as easily um, or, you know, almost at all without, you know, risking just losing off of it. Yeah. Um, so, that... That's my concern. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that, like, you know, it's it's a card that is busted, shouldn't be in the game, et cetera. But um, I do think it is very good, very punishing. Um, I would imagine that that would be a, a card that would be, uh, you know, handicapped if possible. Yeah,
0: and and again, I agree with all that. But I also think it's a really really high skill card. Like in that scenario you describe, I think mm-hmm. what you do is you wait. You try to wait till I get to five. And then you get to nine, right? And then if I do, like, if you're able to bait the bait and switch out at that point, I'm only getting two, um, which isn't that bad. And then Mm -hmm. I, as the bait and switch player, I'm trying not to get to five, right? Because I'm like, okay, I need to hang out at, like, three. And so it sets up, like, this whole really interesting dynamic, I think, which is really exciting and fun to me. Um, someone who has a lot of experience with the bait-and-switch mechanic. But I think you're, you're definitely right. For someone who doesn't, it's, it's really hard. Like I view bait-and-switch as a card that says it gives you no amber when you play it, and it basically says steal two unless your opponent does something insane. And I usually will use it against a an experienced player to just steal two. Like That's what I ended mm-hmm. up doing to you. I had all that stuff yeah. going, but in order to do that, I would have had to go called disc, I only have one disc card, and keep doing that, and totally slow my own game down, and I realize, you know, I'll just bait and switch you for two, it'll be really punishing, because it'll drop you below a key, it takes me to a key, I get a key, I know you have a bait and switch, now you're in a tough spot, because you have more than me, and I can just kind of play around your bait and switch the rest of the game, which I did, you never found a moment to play it. So, right. I, I agree with you in one way, and I definitely think, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it got a chain, my point is just, I don't think it's as good as people think it is. I think what you should do, if you if you hate playing against that card, play with the card. Because I think yesterday you got a good feeling of that, of having it, like at the end of the game I was like, Mike, haven't you had a bait and switch in your hand forever? And you were like, yeah, I never had a moment to play it. And I was like, no, you had that moment where you could have <laughs> stolen two and knocked me down a little bit. And you were like, what? That's not how you play bait and
1: switch. You got to go for
0: a million amber.
1: <laughs> yeah, like after, after that game, I... I really um kind of got to see sort of like like the best time to play that card at least in that game that we played because yeah. um, I, I think that's probably my like second or third game playing with the card and maybe like my like third or fourth time playing against the card but um yeah i definitely haven't played with it as much as, much as you have but um it it, it it is definitely skill testing which which I, I do think is a good thing so
0: yeah i, I will agree with yeah. this though the last thing If your opponent's plan, right, like, if what their deck has given them is to build towards one monster turn and use up Mm -hmm. to propel them towards victory, it completely erases that deck. And that is kind of a problem. But I will say this. Your opponent, if they don't know that that's your plan, that's probably not how they're going to play their bait and switch because that's not really the best way to use it because most people won't walk into that. So it's like this weird pull and push, and I got to imagine in playtesting... Half of the playtesters were like, bait and switch is busted and shouldn't be in the game. And the other half were like, no, 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 no. It's this check. We have to have it. And all you got to do is play smart. And I bet I bet that's a card where there was a lot of grumbling and um, discussions, we'll say. Friendly discussions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and time will tell whether or not we still think that in, like, a month. Um, people might, you know, just learn how to play around it. And then that, that'll be that. So, we... We will see. Yep.
0: Time will tell. We'll see how many chains it is. Let's predict. I say Mm. a bait-and-switch deck with no other dominating cards will be zero chains. Zero chains. Interesting. But I think most of them will have one because Shadows has like a million broken (laughs) cards.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, just playing Shadows gives you one chain automatically. I think
0: so. Like, really? (laughs) Really? There's so many... Like, those urchins. Play, steal one. Play, steal one. Play, steal one. What? That's absurd. I get a creature (laughs) and an amber, and I take one of yours. That's a broken card. And it's a common. And there's a deck with three of them that I've been really enjoying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, In case you want to see some of these games I've been playing, I do stream pretty regularly right now at uh, Tiny Grimes on Twitch. Uh, Probably that's only going to go for another week or so. Then school starts. What? They expect me to teach? I thought they just paid me all year to not teach, Mike. This is weird. That's what they should be doing. I know. I know. Don't they know that you've got Switch content to make? I know. How am I going to make all this content? (laughs) I'm going to be in the classroom like, read the following pages and ignore what I'm doing in the corner over here. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be bad. I'll be like, hold on, on, Mike. Uh, Jimmy has a question. Yes, Jimmy? (laughs) No, the Egyptians did not live in Italy. Jeez. All right. Uh... (laughs) Next up, uh, I think we should talk about, so we played a whole bunch of games, and I know for me, every time I play with a deck I haven't seen before, I find Mm -hmm. some new card that I'm like, oh, dang, that card is amazing. So let's talk about three cards that we've each been kind of almost introduced to this week that we think are really good that maybe we hadn't
1: seen as much before. You want to go first, Mike? Sure. Um, So I'm going to go with a card that that I didn't actually play in the games uh, uh, against you, Um, I played it against Jay, and it is a card called Dysania or something like that, Dysania, um, and it it is a rare Logos creature Uh um, for power. And it says, play, your opponent discards each of their archived cards, and you gain one amber for each card discarded in this way. That's really good. Yeah, I was, I was playing against Jay. He was also playing a logo, logo stack, oh, whose basically Jay. entire purpose was to archive stuff. So he ended up with seven cards in his archives. And I played this, discard all of them, and gain seven amber. And, man, that felt so good. Um, Boy, even if you had
0: gained one amber, that would have felt great. Like, you yeah. disrupted his <laughs> whole plan and gained one amber, and instead you got a key and took away his whole plan. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy, Tom. Wow. Yeah
1: so it's 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 probably a uh, a card that you get hit with once and then you're like okay I can I can like archive a max of two cards now against this deck. <gasps> yeah um, against that deck the problem since it's a rare I don't think you can play around it. Yeah like, like, you can't un- 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 around unless you that, right? know that it's well no no unless that you know that it's there. Right. Um then then you can't. But
0: well, that's what makes this uh, game so challenging are the really, really brutal rares that you can't play around. Yeah. Until like You're later in the tournament, you're like, hey, Mike, Mike, did the Logos, (laughs) what rare things did the Logos (laughs) deck have? Like, "Uh, that's scouting, and you're like, it's not scouting, it's called in-between round chattering. They're very different. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. All right, uh, my card, the first one is the Ember Imp. I believe he has two power. I might be wrong on that, but I don't really care about that. What is amazing about this guy is he's a disc creature that says, your opponent may only play two cards their next turn so what that basically says actually his actual text says your opponent must choose the house in which they have removal to kill this creature because if they let it live they will lose for sure and so to me it's a very disruptive creature where if your opponent only has one card in the house to remove that guy they're probably playing it because it's not worth playing two in another house and then knowing they still have to take care of it next turn yeah, uh, and if they don't have removal, Mike, oh my goodness, ball game.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely becomes a problem. It's a card that you have to answer. I think that's part of the power of it is that like your opponent, like when you play it, it it just demands an answer. And if your opponent doesn't have it, then you know they're going to be behind for the rest of the game.
0: And I believe, Mike, I believe it's a common.
1: I, yeah, I think it is too. Okay, Crazy Town. So good. <laughs> what you got for us, Mike? All right. Um, I've got a Sanctum upgrade called Shoulder Armor, Um, and it is, well, this creature's on a a flank, it gets plus two armor and plus two power. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were a couple games, I'm pretty sure, that we played where you started off with Frankus with this on him with a bulwark next to him. Sure did. And yeah, and he (laughs) had five armor and eight power. I think one
0: time he might have taken a damage.
1: Maybe, maybe one. (laughs) Um, And at that point, he's just unkillable. So um, Except
0: there's tons of board removal that says, like, kill everyone, power three or more. Yes.
1: Very, very true. Very true. But Um, you didn't play that. But there's a lot of other, like, like, you know, board removals that are, like, you know, deal three damage to each creature, deal two damage to each creature, and those don't affect him at all. Yeah, he laughs. So, yeah, it, it makes that dude very, very... Resilient, um, and he gets to capture an amber every time he kills something, which he's going to be doing every single turn because he has yep. eight power and five armor. So, um, yep. And yeah, I gotta those... imagine
0: you get an amber when you play it. The upgrade. Um, most of those. Let have me it.
1: see. Yes, you yeah. do.
0: That's that's yes. to me what makes those upgrades g- worth playing. To me, otherwise it's yep. not even worth playing. But you get an amber already. Now you're making Francis. I call him Francis. Uh, <laughs> it's easier for him to get more amber. So, yeah, seems like a reasonable card. All right, my next one is Experimental Therapy. And this is a Logos card that says it's an upgrade. Stick it on a a creature, you exhaust that creature, and stun them, and they get every house. And so at first I was actually thinking this was a defensive card. Like, I would play this Mm -hmm. against your guy. It exhausts them, so you can't even use them next turn. And it stuns them, so you can't use them the next turn and I was like, eh, I'm not sure if that's good enough because then in in three turns, they get to use him every time. And then I used it once offensively and put it on my guy. And I was like, so I'll exhaust him to reap, then I'll put this on him, exhaust him, he's already exhausted, stun him, next turn he'll unstun, and then he just destroys the world every single turn I get to use him. That card is amazing. I can see from the look on your face. You didn't think you could use it defensively. Am I wrong? Does it only say I, you're a creature?
1: I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm looking that up right now. Because, yeah, I am i didn't know that... Or I, I wasn't thinking that, that you could uh, upgrade your opponent's characters, yeah, I don't But it's know, totally actually. possible. I, and that's um, the problem.
0: I thought the card was so bad that I was assuming that must be what you had to do.
1: No, you're right. Yeah, you can. You um, can it's just okay. upgrades, enter, play, attached to a creature chosen by the player who controls the
0: upgrade. Yeah, so it's pretty flexible. Like If you so, really need to lock a creature down for one or two turns... You mm-hmm. can do that, but it will yeah, backfire horribly on you eventually. <laughs> or you can just put yeah. it on your own guy. Like, I love to put it on, like, the guys that say Reap Archive a Card or something disgusting where you're just like, every yeah, single, you can just turret, do every single round. You Yeah, you better
1: kill this guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's some fun stuff. But that, that, that is really, really interesting. I, I, I actually really like the fact that you can play it on your opponent's creatures. It gives you some more uh, sort of avenues of play. Um, make, makes you think a little bit more about upgrades in general.
0: Yeah, something like shoulder sure. very, armor. Very cool doesn't become a dead card if you don't have a creature sun. <laughs> you just play it on yeah. your opponent's guy. Yeah, it's probably yeah, not a great hammer. idea to give him a shoulder armor, but you get an armor.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you just need it, sure. And if if you got something to kill it along with it, like, you shoulder armor and then you play the, you know, everything with two or more power dies. Like, yeah, sweet.
0: Yep, we got there.
1: Like, if you have, if you have like, a one power elusive guy that I can't kill, yeah. I can give it the shoulder armor and then play the everything three or more dies. Ooh. That, that's a pretty spicy play. That's not very nice. <laughs> I like that I like that yeah. a lot actually that's a cool combo. that's very very cool
0: now we're going next level Mike I like where this yep. is going <laughs> alright All right, so what's your last my, card Mike? My,
1: my last card man this card wrecked me good ooh, um, ooh. this is control the weak yes Yeah. Uh, so it's a discard <laughs> it's common. common I think it's... it gives you one amber when wait, you play wait we gotta it. stop yep. for a second there uh... are
0: some freaking busted <laughs> cards that are commons Mike all right, go ahead. Yeah. Tell, tell us about this broken common. <laughs>
1: um, all right, so it says play. Choose a house on your opponent's identity card. They must choose that house as their active house next turn. That
0: doesn't sound that bad. So what? You randomly choose, and you get, you're get you wrong, and they get to play four cards. It can't be that bad.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Every player is going to play it like that. That'll just flip a coin. <laughs> um, so the correct way to play this, and the way that you played it against me, is I had a turn where I played like... One or two, like, Sanctum cards, let's say. And then you play that card and call Sanctum. And now I have a max of two Sanctum cards in my hand, probably. And maybe nothing on the board. <laughs> and then I just have to say pass. Which which is what happened twice. Twice you were able to time walk me. Ooh. I had literally nothing I could play, and I had to just be like, all right, pass.
0: So... You
1: know what feels really
0: good in this game is, like, explosive turns where you get 18 cards. But you know what feels better in this game? Yeah. Your opponent has to smile and pass and do literally nothing like they didn't get a turn. Oh, yeah. it makes me yeah. feel so good. Yeah, it was I, I it was good. Like, like, like the, the so most cool. powerful way to play this is you play a creature to the board that must be answered, right? Like, it mm-hmm. just has to be killed that turn. They feel the pressure. They only have one card from that house, but in their head they're going, at least I'm killing this dude. Yeah. Then you control the weak, and now they're
1: stuck. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it's so powerful. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a very, very like high skill cap card. Um, I, I, I really like it. I think it's, it, it's really, really interesting. Um, creates some really, really interesting like play around sort of uh, considerations, where it's like, if I'm playing against a disc, like, this is a common, so it's like, there's a decent chance you have in your deck. Like, maybe I just straight up don't play only one card from the house. Or maybe I bait you into it, where I only play yeah. one card from the house, but I actually have, you know, like, four of that card left in my hand. So um, some really interesting considerations with this. I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah. The, the, the point that it's common seems absurd. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. going to see it, and you're going to see it regularly. This is not going to be a yeah. every now and then kind of card. Though we haven't seen many decks with it, which is kind of weird true. Like, I've played true. maybe four disc decks and that was the first one that had it, so...
1: Yeah. Well, there's, like, know. what, 50 cards from each house, so... And only 12 in a deck?
0: So yeah, and there's duplicates usually. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So it's usually more like 9 to 10. Oh so, mm-hmm. yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Crazy town. Uh, My last card is gonna sound like a weird one. Two cost. Silvertooth. Shadows. Doesn't have anything special, except comes into play ready, um, which lets you do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, yes, it doesn't sound that great to drop him in and just reap, but let's say you really need to kill that, that um, what was it called, the Ember Imp. Boom, mm-hmm. drop him in and kill the Ember Imp. Plenty of other stuff you can kill. You can put upgrades on him and then reap and do four damage to somebody or reap and steal one. Like, there's all kinds of cool combinations with him, and I just feel like it's, really powerful to be able to drop a dude in and just use him immediately
1: totally um, so th- there's this really really cool card in logos called rocket boots and there's another know. cool card in logos that lets you play a non logos card so like you use the you say logos you use the logos card that lets you play the the shadows guy that comes in and play ready mm-hmm. and then the rock, the rocket boots are an, is an upgrade that says this creature gains fight or reap if this is the first time this creature was used oh, this turn yeah. ready it <laughs> so you, you, you put you put them into play, you play the rocket boots, you reap and then you reap like, or, or reap and then fight. Like it's just so flexible and so cool. Yeah. I think, I think it's awesome. Totally agree. He's a awesome. lot of fun things you can do with it.
0: Ah, uh, Mike, can't wait for next week. We're going to have a whole nother pile of cards and FFG. Mm-hmm. I think just started their stream about, you know, a whole bunch Ooh. of stuff about their unique games. I know I'm going to go watch it. I'll probably have a reaction maybe later today. Uh, maybe tomorrow. And so, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the, the Welcome to the Crucible, as always. And Archons out there, you know, keep playing. Keep having fun. Let us know where your height meter's at. Is it 1,000 yet? The scale's only 1 to 10, but is it 1,000? 1, <laughs> <laughs> Mine's 1,000.